Welcome to the Volrath Feed. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, and with me today is our producer, Justin Pearson. Hey, everyone. Justin, very good. Hey, this is episode number one. We are kicking things off with this, and um, really the goal of this show is going to be to just dive into the very diverse food service industry, take a closer look at all things that are in this industry. We're talking about cooking, we're talking about food, we'll talk about chefs, professional kitchens, equipment, um, really anything related to the industry. And we're really excited about some of the chefs that we have coming up in later shows. So for this episode, I thought we'd get to know each other a little bit better. I'll tell you a little bit about my experience and how I've maybe formed some of my opinions, and that might help you relate to you know, what you hear on this show. I always find that the, inter- the industry is really pretty interesting, and I, I've noticed throughout my life, I've been in a long enough time, and it's, it's one of those things I can always relate back to, like common everyday situations. Um, a good example, real long story short, is um, I had one point in my life, I was in the ER for something, and um, well, I didn't think the doctor did a real good job. So the bill came and I went to pay the bill and I argued my point and the person at the billing office said, well, okay, I can see your point there, but you know, the nurse did her job and the ER staff did theirs and you did use some supply, so you should have to pay for that. And then of course I said, well, if you go to the restaurant and you have a bad meal, do you want to pay for it? And of course she said no. And I said, well, the server did their job or you know, the bus person did their job, the dishwasher did their job. She said, I see your point. And again, long story, real short, at the end of the day, the administrator of the hospital did wipe the bill clean. So again, it's something that I have found I can always relate things back to. Wow. I mean, that's just incredible to me that you were able to get those charges reversed. That's almost unheard of in in the medical world. (laughs) Absolutely. It, without getting into it too deep, but it was it was definitely, definitely a situation that I'm much better for today that I did finally get get um, taken care of the correct way. Um, but had the hospital, had I not been smart enough to go back and get some other things for another doctor, I wouldn't be on the phone here, excuse me, or I wouldn't be on the, this show today. I'd be probably on a beach somewhere in some island that I owned <laughs> <laughs> or somewhere else. So anyway... Um, yeah, I, I've, I found that the the industry just always I can relate it back to at some point, um, you know, everyday things. So my story is I grew up in this industry. My father, when he was young, worked in a butcher shop and grew up in it. And then he worked in, as a, a dishwasher in a pretty big country club here in town. And this is in high school. And then one day, of course, one of the cooks didn't show up and they said to him, you know, hey, kid, come over here and he got into cooking and he enjoyed it. You know, that's one of the things I think that really makes you successful. And I think I have, I know my dad had is, you know, that natural curiosity. It's like when you on your own time and you, you're not forced to, you pick up books on cooking or, you know, things in the industry and ways to improve. And so I think that is something he had. Um, I can remember as a, as a kid, um, he would in our garage, you know, all of a sudden he'd bring home a, a lamb and, well, you know, he did his own butchering and he'd made sausage out of it and he'd butcher it into steaks or to uh, other cuts for us. So 
he just always had that kind of natural interest in the industry. And I grew up with that my whole life. And I can remember this country club that he worked at later, um, you know, going there and just wandering around the kitchen as a young kid. Well, at 12 years old, when I was 12, he purchased his restaurant. And I can remember again, at that very young age, working there, the first night it was open, I went down and jumped in on the dishwasher and you know, made it, we, we all knew it had to go. It just was that kind of a thing, a family business. We just made sure that it was, it wasn't going to fail. So from that, you know, experience starting as a dishwasher, just like he did, he kind of brought me through the ranks and, you know, I had very specific tasks I had to do at a young age at, when I would go down there and I'd started out roasting the ducks and the turkeys for the week and then putting the prime rib in the oven. And of course, that one job that everyone in the restaurant industry loves, especially in the back of the house, is cleaning the grease hood. Whew, yeah. Justin, yeah, can you imagine what that's like? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't have to imagine. Uh, I had to deal with my fair share of grease <laughs> in my short-lived fast food career in high school, and it was uh, a new guy job and definitely not pleasant by any stretch of the imagination. I think the only one job in the industry that might be worse is when the grease trap is clogged. That might top the grease hood. Oh yeah. Trust me on a yeah, hot summer day. Still smell it. Um, that can be quite a treat. But so again, at that young age, I was working there and it was great. I loved it. And in, even in high school, when he finally put me on the line, I loved it. And I, I love the fact that in the summer, what he would do is he'd let his full-time chefs take vacations. And then I would just take their hours that week. And, you know, we did catering at that time. And um, breakfast, we even did at that point, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days a week. So it gave me a lot of experience. I was fully content. I worked there all through high school, uh, to get out of school and go work for him. And he pushed me to go to school. He wanted me to get an education in the, in the industry. So I went to university of Wisconsin stout, a great school for HR management. And, um, was there for you know the, the four years, and I would come back with some ideas occasionally along the way. And I would say, Dad, you know, this is what we talked about in school today. And it was funny because he sent me there with this mission to learn about how it was done and how, you know, there's other ideas out there. And then he would look at me and kind of in his way say, well, um, you know, maybe there's, there's, there's that way, but then there's my way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a specific time when you made a suggestion that would have improved processes, procedures, or profits. And he's just like, nah, we're not going to have that. Right, right. No, I can't. I, I, um, I think it was something in one of the finance classes we talked about, you know, raising check averages or something. And I think I said something to him about running a contest, like, uh, you know, we could run some kind of a contest of upselling the apps or upselling sides or something. And he looked at me kind of funny. He said, what should I pay him more to do their, why should I pay him more that, that, to do their normal job? That's what they should be doing all the time. He just couldn't get it in his head why that wouldn't just be part of the day, right? Like, why would I pay somebody more to do that? <laughs> he was a great business guy. He really was. He, um, conservative, but yeah, he's been, the restaurant is still there now. It's 40 years in business. So that says something right there, I guess. Yeah. So that, you know, in high school, I said, I worked there and went to college, came back and then so after graduating from college, I came on full time and I had a lot of pride. My name was on the, as you said, business is called Rups. 
Um, I felt my name was on the outside of that business business as much as he did. And sometimes we would have different ways of going about something and he couldn't say either one of us was wrong, but when it came to it, you know, he, he still had the, uh, the Trump card, so to speak. And, and, um, always he'd give me a little rope, but, um, maybe not always so much. And as a young kid coming out of school, you know, you're pretty energetic and I wanted, I wanted to make some change. So I thought, well, I didn't want to keep arguing with him. That wasn't successful and that wasn't good for the family life either. Right. So I decided I was going to try it somewhere else. And I knew I would never go down the street and compete against him. So I thought, well, this is my chance to look at what this warm weather and sunshine is about that everyone talks about. And I moved to Sedona, Arizona. Uh, Sedona is such a unique place. It's a beautiful place to live. I'll tell you. Um, it is still a tourist town <laughs> and the buses roll in every Monday. And, um, so I, anyway, I, I got a job at a, at a big resort and, um, worked my way up and I started there as a manager of the sports bar and very quickly became the manager of the fine dining. And then when I left there, I was the food and beverage. So, um, really enjoyed that experience, but I still looked out at Arizona and thought, you know, it's not home. And I, I, I really liked Wisconsin. So I moved back, tried it again at the restaurant and I just couldn't get past this like feeling of it's a great place. It, it's doing well, but I just had things that I was looking at and trying to improve or try, in my mind thinking to change. And, you know, my dad had his way and I had mine again, neither one I would say was right or wrong. It just was different. Right. And well, I thought I had to make a decision and I decided that I was going to look for something else. And at that time I opened up the daily paper and right there was a big ad for the Volrath company for the district sales manager in Wisconsin. So I thought, how perfect is that? Went and applied, got an interview, sat down in the interview and they said, well, the position has been filled. <laughs> well, what's the point of this? Right. But <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, <laughs> um, but, uh, thank God they, they liked me. They, they saw something in me. I think they liked my experience and you know, the different things that I'd done and certainly in the restaurant side of it. So they brought me in in a unique position called a sales trainee. And this position was really unique in that, you know, sometimes you go to a job and you kind of get put into a, I call it a pigeonhole where this is what you end up doing day in and day out. And the sales trainee position was very different because they wanted you to experience all the different areas of the company. So I was on the shop floor. I was in customer service. I was in the distribution center. I worked in uh, marketing. And then I got a call. Um, they wanted me to move to upstate New York. And I had never been in New York. So when he said move to New York, I'm thinking, what? Uh, New York City? I, that's all I could you know, see in my head. Well, upstate New York is very different from New York City. And so I moved to Syracuse and ran that territory up there. It was a great experience, you know, getting into the shoes of a salesperson, understanding what they do in their day, relating to our dealers up there, uh, moving product. It was, it was a really good experience for me, but as nice as upstate New York is, I still felt like I wanted to be in Wisconsin. There really is just something about Wisconsin that, that brings you back. I mean, same thing for myself. I spent 10 years in Wyoming and I felt a pull, a draw to come back. And I, I think that's true for a lot of people. Exactly. It's that 
Midwest hometown feel, right? So again, I moved back here and um, at Volrath, it was right at the time where we were starting to make this change between, you know, being known primarily and, and only maybe for a smallwares company. We had been doing a lot of equipment, but we were still known primarily as smallwares. And again, this was right at the time where Volrath started to make this change in, in saying we want to be more of an equipment company. And to do that, you need a service manager. You need someone to understand the service side of the business, set up a service network, be the technical support for these people. And well, I guess they saw in me that I could do it. So I became the service manager and learned a lot about that side of the business. And I really enjoyed the troubleshooting side of it. I enjoyed the understanding, you know, what someone's trying to do with a piece of equipment and maybe why it's not meeting their needs or maybe understanding just how they want it to work and relating that back to the engineers. I just really enjoyed talking to the customers and that interaction. I, I still think that's so valuable when we can do that. Uh, but I, you know, saw an opportunity again a few years after that where Volrath purchased another company. And this company now had countertop equipment. So I decided I wanted to try to get into marketing and to, under, to be a product manager there. And I became the product manager for the countertop cooking line, which I really loved. And I did that for a few years. And then again, that evolution of Volrath trying to be more of an equipment company, we needed a bigger showroom and we needed a training center. So we built Volrath University. This was now in 2010. It was a great facility. We built the facility. We had our first event. And after that first event, they said, we need someone to run this facility. So they came to me and asked if I would like to be the trainer and manage Volrath University. And I thought, what a great opportunity. This takes all the experience I've been at Volrath, all the experience I had before at Volrath, and kind of rolled it into one. So I really um, took that opportunity. And I've been doing that position at Volrath for over 10 years. So love the job. I love doing what I do. The part I think, I, again, I love most is talking to our customers. I think if you talk to anyone who's taken one of my trainings, I think you'll hopefully hear from them that my style is, I feel like I did in the restaurant industry. When my name was on the building, I feel like my name is on what I say. So when I give a training, you will find out very quickly if I like a product. You'll find out also very quickly if I think we have a good competitor. I'm trying to be very honest because I really want to gain trust. I want people to understand that I'm not just up there trying to sell them. I'm up there trying to help them. I'm trying to educate them. I'm trying to give them my opinions and, and all the experiences I've had on things. So I really try to make sure that the trust really is what drives me. Um, I want people to understand that. What kind of experience can a customer or a trainee expect when they take one of your training sessions? Oh, well, uh, that's a great question. We, we try to, of course, give everyone, we have to go th through that part where we give the um, sit-down training, right? Where it's the PowerPoint, we're, we're doing the classroom kind of setting. But I think what separates Volrath University from other trainings is that we make sure that people get hands-on. We, we have our facility, we expanded it recently. Uh, we have a real test kitchen. We have a big space with multiple counters that when we talk about something like a slicer, we get the guests up, we go in the back room and we have slicers and people use the slicers. So I think that's a key part, 
So you're seeing the product, you're touching the product, and you're hearing about the product. And that really cements it. And people comment about that all the time. We do another couple of things that we do at in our university training is that we give some kind of baseline education. We talk about metals, which, you know, they're not specific to Volrath. They're really kind of specific to, or they're not specific to any of the equipment companies. They're just general information, right? Electricity. What is it about electricity? How, how do you understand it? That's something that a lot of people do not understand and can get you in some trouble sometimes if you don't get really have a good understanding of it. So those are a couple of the things that we'll do. And that hands-on really is really important. These are all things I'd like to dig in a lot deeper on this show and really explore more about the science that, that goes on behind the manufacturing. It's, it's all incredibly fascinating to me. I, I've been through a couple of your training se- sessions and uh, one of the more memorable moments was the the wax demo that that you showed. And w- would you mind explaining uh, a little bit about how that that worked? Oh, right. So the wax demo that is um, a, a great demonstration, just showing the differences between aluminum and stainless steel. Stainless steel cookware, we all know we can put anything into it. We don't have to worry about foods reacting with the stainless. Whereas aluminum, certain foods we know, we just can't put in an aluminum piece of cookware. Acids, anything like tomato acids or vinegars or just any acid in general, we can't put in an aluminum pot. But there's reasons we love aluminum in cookware. And that's why you'll find a lot of cookware has multi-layers. It's because the aluminum does such a great job. And this is the wax demo now where we show how well aluminum will transfer the heat versus stainless steel. Stainless is a very poor conductor. So we'll take stainless steel rod and an aluminum rod and we'll heat one end and then we'll put the wax on the other end of the rod. And very quickly, you'll see how the heat transfers down the rod of the aluminum piece and how on the stainless steel rod, you can pick it up. I mean, you can touch that rod in the middle. The heat doesn't even transfer down to melt the paraffin wax. That's a great demo that you see people just look at and go, I get it now. I understand why there are stainless steel pots and why some people like aluminum. And then of course, why the best is the when you have them blended together or you have the clad materials. So yeah, that's a great demo. Things like that we do in, in VU all the time. We try to give very memorable examples for people to take away that's the stuff that you know they, they'll use for time and time again. And it's not Volrath specific. It's industry. It's just good information, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Well, that is, I think, it for today, everyone. I hope uh, this was a little insight into who I am, a little bit about what the show is going to be. And hopefully, again, with that insight to who I am, you'll understand a little bit about how I may have some of the insights and opinions that I have on the industry. Next time on the feed, uh, we will discuss getting back to basics in the kitchen. And, um, you know, chicken soup. Justin, have you heard the news that the chicken soup, I mean, they're talking like it really does have scientific evidence that it really helps like cold and flus, the cold and flu? (laughs) Well, well, there's always been a belief that that it does. (laughs) That's what mom always said. And we pass that down from generation to generation. But uh, you're saying that there's scientific evidence that 
suggests that it's not just good for the soul. Exactly. It is. It is. Um, has some evidence backing it up that chicken soup is is good. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about and this is again it isn't just commercial kitchens. This is home kitchens. We'll talk about just basics, some cooking basics, some food basics. Yeah, and I would like to hear how you would do a broth. Uh huh. Exactly. We'll get into that. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, if you have any thoughts about a topic that we've covered on the show or ideas that you'd like discussed, uh, please visit us at fallrathfoodservice.com slash the feed. And also, please remember to hit that subscribe button for us so you never miss an episode. And I think I'd like to leave you today with a quote uh, from my father. And, and we talked about my dad a little earlier, and he, he was a great businessman, and he had just a good way of looking at things. And one of the things that would happen is, you know, I would come in from a weekend off or some server would come to him or even my mother would come in and say, boy, this person at this restaurant does this or this restaurant does that. And we would talk about ideas we wanted to put on the menu. And, you know, sometimes that's all right. But he would say, he'd say, listen, don't worry about the other guy. Just do what you do best and no one's going to beat you. And that really stuck with me, just understanding that. Do what you do best, and don't always worry about the other guy down the street. So that's one little take for my dad. Hey, until next time, everyone, take care.